You are listening to Around Comics, episode 248, brought to you by InStockTrades.com, Cadence Comic Art, and Netflix. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week a revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you are in the area, please drop by. Hey there, folks. Christopher Neesman here. Let's get you introduced to uh, this all-new panel on yeah. around comics, new we, week, new people. We had, we had except El- me. I'm here, except for you, Tom. Yes, you're you're always. <laughs> I here. had enough vacation. Yeah, my exa- month off yeah, from the show. Yeah, except for that one month, you're always here, yeah. uh, Mr. Tom Caters. Hello, hello. hello. Uh, we hello. had Elliot. Sor- we had Elliot Serrano on last week, and Dave Mathis. Can't forget Dave. Uh, and Elliot was going to stick around and do a second show with us and talk about uh, Ash saves Obama from. And from you Dynamite. offended him, and then I said uh, <laughs> something. Elliot stormed off. Told us that he would never be back. No, uh, Elliot. Uh, Elliot uh, uh, conceded his spot and decided to uh, to go home. He was very gracious because we had a couple people that just popped in, which is one of the great things about the show is that you never know who's going to show up uh, on Street a Friday tops, night. Just it's uh, roving gangs of. We actually comic did. book professionals roaming the streets. You know, <laughs> we got an awesome, awesome story about a homeless guy that was out back, which I'll recount to you in a little bit. But uh, uh, lo and behold, we're in the comic shop tonight, and uh, and none other than Mr. Tony Akins, the artist of uh, among other great things, uh, Jack of Fables. That is correct. Tony, one of our hey. favorite our favorite guests that pops in from time to time. I am a favorite. You are a favorite. Yes, you are. Absolutely. And, uh, and another gentleman who is uh, uh, from the the deep well of Chicago talent, even though we have never <laughs> had him on the show before, uh, chances are if you read comics, you have read a comic book that is colored by this man. He is the incredibly talented Mr. Paul Mounts. Hello. How hey. are you? Okay. It's, I'm so glad that you came by. Yeah, I was close. I almost didn't make it. So now I feel guilty because I took a spot from someone. So. No, so no, no, Chris no. Did a, Chris did offend him. <laughs> <laughs> we covered that as a joke, but really, he yeah, did. Yeah. Like, you like, offended yeah. him yeah. just so I could sit so, here, right? It's like, <laughs> Elliot, Elliot, we got everything covered, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I live out in the suburbs. So let me get home early. So Elliot, Elliot is a king. Like everyone, they're desperate to leave this as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. What, what, you, what, you, what you'll find, Paul, is that is that Tom, as we get closer to the hour mark, Tom will start hurrying things along. Let's go. Yeah. It's like, all right, time to go home. I, I have like Brewers baseball recaps I'm, to watch. Just, yeah, I gotta watch a condensed baseball game when I get home. Yeah, it's, it's all it's the lights a, off in my apartment. Green, Green Bay Packers pregame. Yeah, coverage. I gotta watch preseason football or something. Tebow. I just really just want to get out. Tebowing through the four, the yeah. boring part. Oh, it's the best way to watch a sporting <laughs> event is skipping through the commercials. But we will uh, we will talk about uh, uh, Paul's illustrious career as we get going here. But first, I want to mention that this episode of Around Comics is, of course, brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades offers a huge selection of collected editions you need. InStockTrades is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, 
showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 do, in fact, ship for free. And right now, we are offering our book club selection. It's the new book club selection. Oh, okay. That's right. It is. Uh, you just finished up the uh, Justice League. International. <laughs> I like you have to give me clues. Like we haven't recorded. The, we this haven't episode. recorded the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm confused. Yeah, I am. Just just, like, just roll with me, Tom. All right. All right. You oh. have you have just finished the Justice League International Volume One by uh, Giffen, Dimateus, and uh, Kevin um, uh, McGuire, and now we are moving on to a little bit more of the JLA. Just the nerdiest. I picked the nerdiest comic book. I'm so ever. excited about this. JLA Avengers by Busick and Perez. So it's like the ner- it's the nerdiest thing you could possibly read. I was like, is he going to pick Marvel? Is he going to pick DC? I picked both. You did. And Win. So Everyone we can wins. all sit around and wallow in our minutia. Yes, it's going to be <laughs> awesome. I know, yeah. It's, and, what I'm, it's what I do. And in-stock trades, as they always do for our book club selections, has uh, increased their discount to an amazing 47% off the cover price. You can get this uh, ridiculously pretty and awesome JLA Avengers yeah. story. If you like the for, JLA or Avengers. It's 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 you, it's all there. If man. you're one of those people that holds on to some weird childhood grudge that you will only read Marvel or DC, <laughs> then you should probably read this. Yes. It's pretty it's good. It's yeah. a good it's you know, you had all the bad ones where you had characters mix and it's just kind of stupid. This one was actually kind of, it was pr- very know, entertaining. I, I like the uh I like the Teen Titans X-Men crossover. I thought that was cool. Who drew that? Why are you looking at me like that, Tom? I'm trying to remember if I liked it. It was. uh, I think Claremont wrote it. Claremont, yeah, it was good. I liked it. I don't. Yeah, it was. It was all right. Whatever. Well, you can get this for 47 percent off off the cover price. (laughs) It's yours for a uh, minuscule ten dollars and sixty nine prejudices. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, You see it in, in Perez. It's dense. Oh yeah, that's like it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of story and a lot of characters in just about every single thing that's ever happened in a. Avengers it, and JLA book into like, at, yeah. at that time it is it is every character that has ever been a part of the Avengers or the JLA it is a ridiculous he's obsessive amount. compulsive yeah. I think. he, he, yeah. Went, yeah, he I wants think. to draw every character that's ever been in a yeah. comic book there are entire websites that annotate that book as a matter yeah. of fact they annotate yeah. panel oh, yeah. by panel as to what characters and are interacting and their history and everything else yeah I mean that's that's details yeah, yeah. Uh, before we uh, get moving Let's on to go the comic book talk, uh, music uh, this episode, uh, one of uh, uh, one of the bands that my wife really turned me on to. Oh God! And I abs- no, my wife, my wife has much better music taste than I do, Tom. Oh, okay. uh, Catherine Wheel this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Catherine Wheel yeah. is. Oh shit, your wife yeah. does have better music. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, Catherine Wheel's great. Catherine Wheel's a great band. Yeah. Great band. So uh, they're gonna a, a, get another episode of George Strait. No, that's I, I love George nothing against George Strait. Yeah, I, see, I always <laughs> just randomly pick uh, something that I think you would pick, and I'm always right. You're like, yeah, I was thinking about picking that. I know you so Last well. Last week, uh, Afghan Wigs. This mm-hmm. week, uh, Catherine Wheel. Catherine, so. Okay, so so Catherine Wheel's no no longer together, right? No, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're, they're Rob, clearly a, a, a '90s, but like yeah. one of my favorite '90s. I think Rob Dickinson's doing some uh, solo work. Okay, he's awesome. Right, yeah. He's right there with Greg Dooley from yeah. last week as a guy that's like, man, I wish I could be him. See, I don't <laughs> keep I don't, I don't keep track of the the, the bands when the guys go single. You do because you gave me what the the, the shriek back. Uh, oh guy. yeah. Uh, what's his name? 
Barry Adamson? Thank no, you. not that. Not Barry Adamson. Sorry. Yeah. Barry Andrews. Barry Andrews. Barry Andrews. Yeah. From I, from where? From Shriekback. Back. back in the eighties, and and you know cl- club music, and then Barry Andrews is like he was also part of. XTC. Well, yeah, they had all those yeah. bands had a kind yeah. of history. They all yeah. crossed over. Yeah, so. but he he like went solo and then kind of went kind of dark and moody. <laughs> so. I like dark and moody. I suppose that light airy shriekback stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, any song that works parthenogenesis into it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you have a music. You, you music said parthen- parthenogenesis. Yes. What's your word for this episode? Oh, my you always have a word. <laughs> I, you I always there. have a word for the ep- for this episode. It's, it's been cudgel. Cudgel, yeah, yeah. What was the other one? Um, um, well, uh, uh, Brian Bowling uh, sent uh, Tilth back to me. Tilth? Tilth. Cudgel. cudgel. So what is this one? Uh, this one will be, let's say, meander. Meander is a good. That's a good description of the show. Yeah, it's really very meandering. Yeah, it's meandering. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you, um, Paul, because we have never had you on the show before, and... Um, you're a colorist, yes. and so most people recognize your work without recognizing your work. And so, what's what's familiarized because colorists, I, I describe like colorists and letters, and 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 to some extent, inkers as, as kind of the offensive linemen of comic books. Is that if it's it if it's good, people almost don't notice it. If it's bad, it jumps off the page. <laughs> yeah. And so, you are a guy that is so good at your craft. That I I know that I know that people that no that, one knows me. That's yeah, <laughs> well because you're very because you're, and that, that, you don't that, fuck it up all the time. I mean, it kind of sounds like a dick thing to say, but it's like you're so good that nobody knows you. Um, but uh, no, you sucked. You'd be famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, infamous. Infamous. Maybe. Everybody be like, oh god, and they're Paul Mount's book. <laughs> but, Here but we I, go. But I think that people that pay attention to colorists and and good colorists know you. You're you're a household colorist name. For 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 Chris, no, it's a, you you've you've done okay. Let's let's just cut to it. What are some of the books that that uh, you're probably most well known for coloring? Uh, I worked on the first Ultimates run with Brian Hitch. Actually, I've colored pretty much everything Brian Hitch has done in the okay. last six or seven years, other than the second Ultimate set, which Laura Martin did. Um, or uh, you worked on Fantastic Four, then? Yeah, so yep. worked on uh, the Ultimate Fantastic Four, doing uh, Reborn, Captain America Reborn, right now. And uh, let's see what else I worked on the mic. I've been on Fantastic Four for about seven years now. Actually, if I stand another, I think year and a half, two years, I'll have done more issues of FF than Stan and Jack did. Wow, so I'm coming up close. <laughs> damn, damn, <laughs> Jesus like Christ, through, so. Uh, that's awesome. You have to toss your name into the discussion then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time it's like it's like Stan, Jack, and Paul will be in the back. <laughs> yeah. And me, bitches. <laughs> but it's color. It's just coloring, so it's not quite what Stan and Jack did. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I mean, coloring is so important. Paul and I like worked together years ago, and I've always lamented not having Paul uh, color color my work. And and usually, I, I look at something that he's done, and I, I weep. Just because it's, I do, I do. I seriously, seriously. I, Not to disparage Paul, whoever's coloring Tony now. This is the show of, this is the show of left-handed compliments. Thank you, everybody. When I look at Paul's work, I, I see your work I do. and I, cry. I do. break down like a goddamn I, child. I do, I do. Well, okay, maybe, maybe weep is wrong. I piss myself. That's what I do. It, uh, wanted Paul color color wanted. Oh, you have color and, wanted. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, or J G Jones. Yeah, and it. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful work. You know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, you, 
he is. He's like the best in the business. Yeah, as, as and, far as I'm concerned. you know, and, and, and being a colorist, and we've talked to two guys on the show, like Jason Malay, who's mm-hmm. a, who's another um, Chicago guy, and it, it's um, Dave Stewart, you know, another guy, another oh, yeah. Chicago guy. But there are the these names of these colorists that that you get to know, and it's just they get put on these projects because you know that that they're trustworthy colorists that you know they're going to understand it. Um, uh, I see what uh, Dave Stewart is doing on Detective Comics right now. And that book, I mean, it's Rucka, it's J.H. Williams, and Dave Stewart is definitely a big part of that book. Right. And and, and coloring, coloring and lettering are so integral to the comic book proce- creative process. And I, th- I think that people overlook those, those parts of the process and and undeservingly so. It's it's such an important part. A good colorist brings so much to a book. Now, um, how long have you been? How long have you been doing it? Uh, wow. Let's see. Uh, did the first comic book work probably in the late eighties? Okay, so, uh, so for you, like first and now comics back uh, back when they were here in Chicago. So you made the digital jump, were you? Yeah, yeah. I was coloring Blue Line at the time. As a matter of fact, one of the first books I did at Marvel was The Adventures of Captain America over Kevin McGuire. Wow. Which was the first prestige kind of format book that Marvel did. And that was all blue line color. And of course now I'm working on Reborn, so I get kind of bookends things now. <laughs> but um, So you had to learn your craft and then relearn your craft. Yeah, I switched to computers about nineteen is October of ninety four. And so it must have been traumatic shit. It was interesting because I've never I had never touched a computer at all at that point. And literally the business changed overnight. I was learning how to even learn how to work a computer and coloring my first job the day that my computers were installed at first wow. time. So, wow. Um, Do you look yeah, back at it and are like, oh, I didn't know what that Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's um, uh, uh, Dark Knight um, Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is, I think, infamously a comic that had really just incredibly vivid colors to it and i think that you know lynn varley colored that mm-hmm. and, and and i think uh was going through the process of oh shit how do i do this computer well, coloring i, I think know? that was a lot of it there's a lot of stuff she wanted to do on that and i think she got a lot of crap for it but um it was a new it was I, a new process yeah i mean you could tell she was learning the computers while she was doing it it seemed yeah. Yeah. i mean i don't know but there was a lot of effects in there that you see people do when they first get their computer and they're learning filters and oh, oh that's cool. filters everywhere <laughs> and of course computers of, of the day only had <laughs> A thousand colors. So <laughs> she only had, you know, like 150 shades of neon yellow yeah. to choose from. Well, that's what my mom asked when I first started using computers. She says, What happens when they run out? Do you, how do you refill it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mom, you're drunk. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a, a graphic designer in my day job. And so I was lucky enough that uh, I graduated in 1994 or so. Mm. And so I, I uh, landed right. Right, kind of at the beginning, when computers had had really become the um, uh, the standard in the design world. It's mm-hmm. you know, and there were a lot of people that kind of got caught in between of being traditional keyline uh, production artist and and then designing on the computer. And you know, comics are print. They're, and so I, I always kind of wondered what the what the process was of, of people trying to make that that crossover at the time. If you had started working in '86 or '88, that by the time 1994 or '96 rolls around, it's like shit. We're doing all this on computers. Did, did now. you look at your work and weep? <laughs> it was it was definitely a big jump and uh, i mean i i certainly don't miss doing all the airbrushing and cutting of friskets and all that and and sneezing i was sneezing 
multicolors for years. You know, people thought I was diseased. <laughs> My hands always were stained with dyes and paints and everything. It's true. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I remember. Yeah. People, people, the, that, people that have no idea what he's talking about, whenever you use an airbrush. What was it, the it, old it, process? As someone who doesn't know that much, like, yeah. what was the old process of coloring something before well, computers? I mean, originally comics were... You know, just on a four-color process yeah. where everything was coded and they'd send them out to production houses and they would cut ruby lith for the four plates. By the time I was doing it, it moved up to what was called blue lines where the uh, original art was reproduced twice, once in a light blue line on an illustration board and once in black line on an acetate overlay. And then you could paint on the illustration board, put the acetate overlay on it, and it would be almost like a full-painted comic. That's kind of how Steve Olaf was doing stuff on Weird World and the Marvel Super Specials back in the 70s and 80s, things like that. And uh, there's always problems with that because the registration would always be off. They would scan. The, the thickness of the board was different than the thickness of the acetate, so nothing would register right. Um, the reproduction was never quite right, you know, because uh, the light from the laser would go through transparent colors different than opaque colors. And you have That's a more control why 70s with... comics look shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was, actually, this was more of the 80s and 90s stuff, yeah, early yeah. 90s stuff. By the, by the time we were switched over computers... Um, you know, it gives you a lot more control because we're doing the separations really at the same time too. I remember when I when I first started, uh, I, I took an airbrush class in uh, in college because airbrushing was still a part of commercial art. You had a lot of Lamborghini posters. Oh know, yeah, and, uh... yeah, actually old classic cars. I got a, I got a <laughs> uh, you do chrome, chrome's easy. <laughs> but uh, kind of what Paul was talking about about uh, you know uh, uh, blowing out colors out of your nose is it's. You know, an airbrush is basically vaporizing paint, and so you lay you lay down paint as uh, as almost like a, a powder out of a out of a pen. Yeah, you're breathing it's, spray paint all day, basically. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. you're breathing this awesome. in, and it scared the shit out of me. I had this old classic car that I was airbrushing. It was uh, old cherry, you know, cherry <laughs> red, and so I'm I'm painting this for like 12 hours in my in my trailer in, in college. And so I wake up the next morning, I go to the bathroom, and I blow my nose, and it's just like this crusty red. red. I'm like, oh, my God, my brains are coming out of my <laughs> nose. Fucking brain yeah, and a lot of what we'd use in comics was these Dr. Martin dyes, which is incredibly concentrated watercolors. They come in these little, like, three-quarter ounce bottles. So when you breathe it, it would really basically dye the inside of your nose oh, for yeah. weeks at a time. Dye yeah. your hands and everything yeah. else. Dude, I remember so. all the Q-tips that used to yeah. lay around. Uh, I would help Paul cut frisket oh, yeah. from time to time. One of the guys who used to cut frisket for me still uh, works with me today. Doing, now, now uh, explain class. explain cutting frisket oh. because, because – I have no idea okay. what the yeah. hell frisket is. First, when you airbrush, you want to mask off certain parts because you're – Spray yeah, paint. like you're, if you were like painting a wall, you would right. cover yeah. You'd cover yeah. tape and stuff. Frisk gets like a clear tape. And yeah. you so cut little shapes. So I'd have an assistant who would cut out like all the backgrounds so I could airbrush the backgrounds or skies, yeah. things mm-hmm. like that. And, and Frisk and, has a, a semi-adhesive back to it so you can you can pull it off and then paint an area and then lay it, back it down, down. And lift off another piece. And mask off different areas. Crazy. So, an incredibly tedious, tedious, horrible job. It's fucking boring <laughs> and tedious, oh. and it's yeah, yeah. It sucks. Yeah, you, you lose a piece. You use the you lose the frisket for like <laughs> Superman's shield, you know, and you're like looking. Where is it? It's stuck oh, to me. Son of a bitch. Yeah, you'd have a little you piece know. of frisket stuck all over my arms and everything for days at a time. Yeah. It Sounds was, like coloring was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- this is this is one of the reasons that, you know, if you look at the history of comics, that it really was an assembly line because there are so many tedious 
pros, you know, pr- uh, parts of the of the project. That that's why you had a penciler and inker, and then you had an entire production staff to do lettering. You had a wetter and all the people in the coloring. It's it's, it's an assembly line. It's still tedious, <laughs> it, in different ways. It, yeah, yeah. It's just all those all those tools have become. I imagine putting now. the tape over your computer screen. <laughs> it's got to be a tedious, <laughs> difficult. It's experience. been done. It's been done. <laughs> I don't get it. When does it run out? Mud of yellow. This portion of Around Comics is brought to you by Cadence Comic Art. You've heard me talk about buying original art on the show before, and now I want to let you know about the best place on the internet to find your next piece of original art. Whether you're looking for that one piece from your favorite artist, or you're wanting to build your own comics room art gallery, Cadence Comic Art is the first place you should go. CadenceComicArt.com has the easiest to navigate and most well-organized site for original comic art I've seen. You can find original art from some of Around Comics' favorite artists and past guests of the show, including Scotty Young, Mike Norton, Tim Seeley, Chris Burnham, Jamal Eigel, Jeremy Hahn, Ryan Stegman, Sean Murphy, Brent Schoonover, Mike Gatos, and more. And superstar artist David Lloyd has just become the newest creator to join the Cadence Comic Art family of artists. Cadence Comic Art makes buying original comic art fast and easy. They ship worldwide and have fantastic customer service. Check out their brand new site for a full list of artists and see for yourself how easy it can be to start your own original art collection at CadenceComicArt.com. That's www.cadencecomicart.com. And remember, if you're coming to the Windy City Comic Con, drop by the Cadence Comic Art booth. Now, do, do you, um, do you, I, I know I talked to some people, designers and, and comic book folks that kind of yearn for the old days because it, there is a, a certain, you know, cathartic, um, uh, satisfaction mm. with doing things, you know, in an old school way that, I mean, there was, uh, I, I, I feel this in design and I know that some folks may feel this in comics that the, the skill has maybe left the, the medium in some ways. The... See, I don't, I don't buy that because a computer okay. is just another tool and the, the software, the hardware is so sophisticated. Now you can do anything and more that you could do by hand on the computer using Painter, Photoshop, you know, the new Wacom tablets. I just got a, uh, a Cintiq tablet where I'm drawing right on the uh, screen now. You it's bastard. Like... <laughs> You've been talking to Scott Johnson yet? No, no. I mean, I'm on the line, but not in person. But yeah. I know he uses one, too, and he does full digital paintings. So Scott and... Scott is kind of the uh, the Chicago Cintiq guru. I yeah. Think. Oh, yeah. I, I think every, uh, every artist or colorist in Chicago that's gotten a Cintiq is like, Scott, can I come over to your house for a day? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he does beautiful work. He does full <laughs> digital paintings using that. And, yep. uh, you know, when we first started using computers, yeah, the software and hardware weren't quite there yet. You know, it was just getting going. As a matter of fact, when they really first started using what Steve Wolf was using on Akira was a vector-based system, which was almost like trying to color with Illustrator. I know I'm getting technical now. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. Very, very flat shape. Yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. you can do simple gradients, things like that. Mm -hmm. And now you can But not do, really continuous tone, right. like photographs, that kind of yeah, we've completely lost Tom. <laughs> uh, I'm sort of understanding what's going. I, yeah. I understood uh, gradient and yeah. uh, <laughs> the thing with tape. But we, but no, I get it. I get. It. I understand. I I understand. It. I mean, we can do so much more now, and I work pretty closely with the artists I work with. As a matter of yeah. fact, the new Fantastic Four stuff I'm doing with Dale Eaglesham, mm -hmm. um, he's doing it just pencils. I'm coloring it straight from his pencils, and uh, it's an interesting experiment because there's certain things he really wants it to look like. You know. Uh, some artists, when we work from pencils, they want it to uh, have a lot of that light pencil feel to it. Some guys want it to look inked, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dale's a very classical guy, so he's working, we're working straight from pencils. He's penciling really tightly. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make it look almost inked, but still give it a little more more of an organic feel and a painted feel and things like that. So. Gene, Gene Haw's been doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, uh, the Actually, the Eisner award-winning issue that he did for JLA um, what was that two Eisners ago? I guess. I think so yeah. Uh, was um, seeing Gene stuff basically, you know, straight from pencils, and uh, I, I like that look. You know, I don't know if I want it in all my comics, but it's it's really it's it's nice. You have to work pretty closely, you know, unless the artist is doing it himself. You have to work pretty closely with the penciler. Like Dave McCaig with uh, Linnell Francis Yu does it very well. Some of those covers on uh, uh, was it the uh, the Hulk uh, Wolverine? Uh, yeah. Uh, stuff is just beautiful because they work really closely together. And then there's some books that come out where the pencils just get lost. You know, it just turns gray and the whole thing just looks really muddy because the pencils weren't handled right and scanned right. And sure. I mean, there are um, there are a lot of, uh, just like we have penciler anchor teams, there seem to be more and more um, uh, penciler colorist teams now. It's like I can't imagine Steve McNiven without Maury Hallwell. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that they're a team. And it, it, it sounds like it sounds like you know, you're that way with with Hitch on a lot of stuff now. Yeah, Hitch, I, Waringo, I colored almost everything Waringo did oh, while, yeah. while he was the last ten years of his life, probably. Um, Amanda Connor, I think I've colored pretty much everything Amanda Connor has done. Are you doing Wednesday comics? Wednesday comics and Power Girl, yeah. That's that's a real. Have you seen this, Tony? I'm, I'm crying. Tony's crying because he wants to be part of that so badly. No, I'm <laughs> crying because you always say no to me, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Power Girl looks awesome. I, yeah, I yeah. Power, no. Beautiful the coloring art and everything on, that. on that. Beautiful coloring on it, and that's an interesting one. Kind of talking about the old to the new is that now we have a uh, a new comic that is uh, printed on on paper that they really haven't printed comics on, yeah. you know, <laughs> except in the newspapers for a long time. And and I've talked about this on uh, eleven o'clock a little bit that. Um, the reason it's working, and I think the reason a lot of people are liking this, is that it has an old feel, but you're dealing with modern coloring and modern 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 printing yeah, techniques. I mean, you look it, at the Commandy pages, and it's uh, like it's that's mind blowing. Commandy like, never looked that good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely been a challenge though, because you don't know. I mean, we didn't know what kind of paper was going to be printed on when we started working on this stuff. Wow, and really? Some of the books, like you look at like the Wonder Woman and Teen Titans stuff, you can tell that that it's not quite working with the paper almost, as well as it almost, could. Almost too muted. And we're all, we're all adjusting it as we go along once we've seen the printed stuff. Now, I haven't seen the new one. We did this Aquaman. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw yeah. the new one. And I haven't seen how it printed yet. I'm Here, a little worried I'll, because. I'll, number four? Yeah. Uh, okay, six. Look, oh. 
six. Uh, the one five. that just came out this week. Are we, are we five, five or six came out? Six, six came oh, out this it? week. Yeah. Okay. And I we did all these like kind of sunset scenes with these twilight skies and everything. And I did it before we saw what kind of paper. I didn't be notice. On, I'm really worried weird. about how dark it's going to print out. So. I didn't notice anything too weird. But I mean, yeah. I mean, thinking about printing on newsprint and looking at the commandy yeah. pages, like that's insane. Yeah. That that you know to think about printing something like that where you can see all the sort of dark tones and everything in there is yeah. actually shows up on newsprint which is that, we're gonna look at his face now as he you're gonna hear it say god <laughs> damn it son of a bitch <laughs> i'm weeping i look at my work and i weep <laughs> mark, mark chiarello has been trying to get dc to do this for several years oh it actually printed really nicely well, that looks good. Yeah, I thought it looked nice, and I yeah. loved Aquaman in it too. I thought it was Aquaman, and this is actually based on Dennis Leary. Aquaman is Dennis Leary in this. That's that's, oh, that's your cool. that's the dirty I little secret. That. Jimmy and Amanda really wanted to do a different kind of. Uh, I could definitely see that of Aquaman. So he's uh, Dennis. Leary. I think I think, uh, I, think <laughs> I, I think Jimmy's a big uh, Rescue Me fan. Yeah. So, yes, he is. That doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah, Chirol tried to get this off the ground for like two years, two three years, I think at least. Vol- and, uh, vol- volume two. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> you know they're still trying Tony's to Tony's like Please. I know Tony's they're still trying to figure out what what format this is going to be reprinted in because you know they want to make a trade or a hardcover yeah. or something and it's going to be a challenge because of the format that it's in now I'm like so. man just th- that is, I don't want to call this a vanity project but it's it's just it's it's just it is what it is it's just this amazing thing and I want to see them just go over the top on the on the collection, make it hardcover, yeah. big. Full, well, that's what she would like. Yeah, perfect, <laughs> yeah. perfect. I'll drop, dude. I'll drop one hundred and fifty yeah. bucks on mm-hmm. it, and and love it. And yeah, this is his baby, and he's. I mean, he's. It's funny because he's juggling forty five different writers and artists on this every week, trying to get this out. I, I can't even imagine. He's just going to collapse by the time it's yeah. done. We only have two more to do. Uh, we just you're on ten. We just finished ten. Yeah, nice. so we just have eleven and twelve now to do. Well, you guys are there. You're done. Yeah. You're good. But when you think that six just came out and it's coming out weekly, the fact that we just finished ten, it's kind of oh, pretty yeah. close. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I it's, um, it, it's blowing me away. I absolutely, yeah. I look forward to it every week, and I love the twelve week window that we have yeah. to do it. And it's like, man, I know that it's like guys like Tony. It's what? Okay, what would? What do you want to do? If you could pick something, what do you want to do? <laughs> if I could pick something. Um, you just drew all those apes in Jack of Fables. Yeah, Maybe drew, you do a Gorilla City comic. Yeah, I would do a Gorilla <laughs> City comic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm ready to do more apes. Uh, boy, you know, I always like I, I bitch about the Superman stuff. I do a soup story. You know, I wouldn't do a Batman story for this. Like anybody would ever fucking yeah. ask me. <laughs> <laughs> But there's um, going to be tons of artists begging to be on the next. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. I, I found out about this from Andrew Peepoy just as as the last story got assigned. And, uh, you know, I, I knew it was going to be huge. I think it's I something. It. I think I even said it on this show. This is going to be effing huge. Oh, uh, well. And it's not going to be a vanity product project. It's going to be a shiffer robe. nice yeah um yeah i think it's i think it's a way for dc to really explore some of their lesser known characters um it's like commandy commandy is kind of the i think uh the breakout hit of this um ryan sook is just drawing the crap out of that and uh i think it's a it's a way to do maybe some like forever people would be would be fun i mean we've talked about on the show before i love the metal men one too they uh that's 
my the Flash one and the Metal Men one. I would have killed to color the Metal Men stuff. Kevin Nolan and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Oh, that's wow. yeah. I do a lot of wow. uh, licensing artwork for DC, and Ryan Sook and Garcia Lopez draw a lot of that stuff. All the toy packaging, really? all the stuff for licensing, and these drawings are just beautiful when I get them in to do the color on them. And I was going to say, you and Scott Johnson must have like... Uh, yeah, he deals with all the Marvel stuff. He does all, all the Marvel stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you guys, you guys you know, have little competitions. <laughs> My Superman kicks you Spider-Man's ass. <laughs> Garcia Lopez has been doing it for a long time, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, he's... When I kind of think about Superman, I kind of... I His is actually the Superman that I think of in my head. Mm-hmm. When Not I think Kurt about Swan? It. No, not the Kurt. The Kurt Swan one was always too... I always associate the Kurt Blastily. Swan one. I, no, I always associate the Kurt Swan one with like dealing out life lessons or like you know like God, oh, dick. They, they finally just present, reprinted um, that Kurt Swan Murphy Anderson uh, run that Danny O'Neill wrote in seventy one. Oh, and that hardcover. Yeah, have you, read, they, have you read that stuff? I've read where Julie Schwartz, which they tried to get rid of Kryptonite and like read that. Up, read yeah. that run. That that run was was thirty years ahead of its time. Yeah, I always think it's funny with Superman because people are always like, oh, like the. Like, the Division line is the John Byrne reboot. But I'm like, well, there have been a lot of attempts up yeah. until that to change Superman. It's a very slow, gradual right. process. And it as wasn't... soon as Denny O'Neill left, it went back to, like, the Mort Weisinger Superman stuff pretty much. Yeah, it was powerful again. But that, that 11 or 12 issues was, was different. Yeah, it was like somebody doing what all these guys in the 80s were doing 15 years earlier. Hmm. And what? it was just amazing. They weakened Superman. They tried to get rid of Kryptonite. They had, like, it was... Yeah, they took yeah. away half his powers. They got yeah. rid of Kryptonite. They did the whole magic thing, all the super horse, all this, all the you know, all that stuff. They just wiped the slate clean and started over pretty much. They went for it because uh, uh, Schwartz didn't want the Superman titles because he didn't like doing Superman stories. It was like he and he sort of got handed it to him because he liked doing sci-fi stories. And at mm-hmm. that point, Superman was all it was the Weisinger. Right. It was like <clears throat> like, like I'm when Superman spends his entire issue creating a convoluted situation to teach Lois Lane a lesson about, like, <laughs> you shouldn't keep your mouth shut, you know? <laughs> like, nice. Stop being so nosy, you know? Women like, that's shouldn't all he did drive. His, that's all he did with his time was, like, do that. So it was a, it was a huge 180. And it, it's come out in those DC um, library Chronicles. classics. Right. It's those hardcovers. Like, uh, oh. they had a Legion one come out with the death of Pharaoh Lad, and they just had a flash of two worlds one come out. It's like a, it's a hardcover that collects, like, 12... The, like 15 yeah. issues of one. But when, when did you things? see DC in 1971 doing, you know, a 11 or 12 issue long storyline that like revamped a character and Superman yeah, had yeah. brain damage in it at one point yeah, and they had weird. to like do brain surgery on him because he was like, you know, arresting criminal, you know, if a guy who had a traffic violation, the guy, he would take the car and put it on top of the Empire State Building yeah. because he had brain damage. <laughs> <Whereas, laughs> uh, went all Punisher on him. Yeah, really. I don't think it, I don't think it was that terribly popular <laughs> at the time. I think it, I think that's, it kind of, it kind of switched back and then yeah. it went back to it a little. Well, as I said, it was way ahead of its time. It was if, they, like, if they had done it 10 tiny, years yeah. later, it would have been would've huge. Would have been, been fine. Yeah. Because mm. then they kind of went back to the Weisinger stuff a little bit yeah. and then. Like Wolfman did a bunch of stuff in the early '80s that kind of updated it a little bit. And then, gosh, we've entered a huge rat hole, haven't we? No, man, that's that's why we're here. <laughs> this Dude, is what I talk about. You're you're in a comic shop on a Friday night, <laughs> yeah, talking about. Comic I could be home books. watching the Neil Diamond special on NBC, but no, I'm here. I was what? <laughs> that's on. <laughs> Tony, come Do back. Do you know how sad it is? Is I was already thinking about the John Byrne reboot of Superman <laughs> today. <laughs> it was good. Uh, no, it was good. I just yeah. I, I think. They've actually kept a lot of it and the stuff that they're I like doing what Burn did on Superman. Yeah, yeah I do too. Yeah. I always it bothers First me. First time though, I ever read Superman. It, it, it does bother me though when people are like, um, 
anything before burn is silver age where there's <laughs> like yeah. it's like uh there's yeah. a lot of guys that did a lot of stuff like in the late seventies, early eighties that yeah. switched things up and changed it. So, you know, so that's don't... how you that's how you know when you're getting old because when I was a kid, Silver Age was, you know, the Flash reboot up until hmm. about like the Marvel Age. And the Marvel Age started in sixty one. Yeah. Silver Age was only about five years. Now you, you know? know what? Now people <laughs> say the Silver Age is like pretty much anything before they started reading. Right. Like you know, like, well, yeah, like I've heard yeah. it goes up to when Gwen Stacy dies. I've heard it goes up to, yeah. you know, the Superman. Oh, it's just getting like it's people like Superman's back to the Silver Age. I'm like, until I see Superman Walking around with a lion's head in an issue. <laughs> I'm sorry, you that was have a great not... story. Yeah. Don't pick on that. I know, but I'm just saying. Listen, you have, that is until that happens. Trust me, you, this is not a mar- Tom, silver Tom, age Superman. Tom does a podcast three days a week that does blow by blow um, recaps of silver age. Flash issues. He does it as a podcast called Tom versus the Flash. So <laughs> you're, you're talking to a man who holds the Silver Age up yeah, with a lot, go. a lot of. That's reverence. why it offends my sensibilities, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, that, oh, that Silver Age stuff." It's like, oh, come on. no, Jar Wolfman didn't write a Silver Age story in 1980. What offends you, which I've picked up on this, is that when people say, "Well, this character did this in the Silver Age," and you're like. No, they didn't. No. <laughs> Everyone spent all their time in the Silver Age teaching their friends lessons. So when did the Silver when did the Silver Age end? When when does it run from? From what to what? I would say from You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I would say from like showcase number four, probably, which is like fifty six. Yeah. I would say, say that's usually the start, right? Yeah. I'd say by mid sixties, it's kind of okay. Over. See, that's what I yeah. think too. But everybody else seems to think it runs. A lot I actually think that. that the Martian Manhunter was the beginning of this. No, because he was just I'm a detective joking. all the time. <laughs> so, did you like New Frontier, the Darwin Cook stuff? I did oh. like New Frontier yeah. a lot. Oh, hell yeah! That I was going to yeah. mention that with the, um, uh, the. It sounds a lot like the story of trying to get New Frontier done. The same as with uh, Wednesday's comics, where they kind of had to beg to get New Frontier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it took a really long time to convince DC wow. to do New Frontier. But D- Darwin is a force of nature, man. That guy, when he yeah. wants to get something done, he'll get it done. Oh, dude. <laughs> and, um, and you're he, like, he's like, the very first person to ever do an adaptation of a Richard Stark novel with the Parker character yeah, cool. and actually use the name Parker. Yeah, they, he's they, fucking they, relentless. They never, they ne- <laughs> in the movie, in, uh, in Payback, it's Porter. It, it, that was the thing that uh, uh, it's not Richard Stark, uh, real name. Uh, help me out real quick. Um, I don't know. Uh, Richard Stark's real name. Um, Doesn't Tony, matter. Tony Stark. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I Richard know. Dawson. It's, 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 it's been a long. Name. I don't know. Um, Delbert uh, Mitman. Everybody I'll, knows every no. I'll be no, right listen, back. everybody knows who you're talking about. Okay. Well, no, 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 wait, wait. While he's going to get it, what's the verdict on the Mike McNola Superman? All right. What, what, where Donald does that fall? Like? Where Donald does that Wesley. fall? Donald no, Wesley. Uh, oh, really? He did that Cosmic Odyssey that. stuff. Yeah. With, I liked, but look I liked how fast Cosmic this book Odyssey. sold out. This okay. book sold out. Like, nobody can get a copy of it yeah. now. I can't believe you have a copy Ooh, What's it going here? for on eBay? I'll buy that right now. <laughs> no, um, but uh, New Frontier is my favorite comic book of all time. You know what? And you talk about coloring. Dave Stewart. On oh, that book, yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I, I emailed him Just, when that came out. It's like, man, you you got the lock on the Eisner this year. There's nobody who even comes close to did what he, he won did the Eisner that. that year. I think so. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Until yeah, because I congratulated him as he was coming yeah. out of the. Yeah, he won it this year too. God, damn. I mean, that is. He's that is good. Just, okay. Who? What colors do you hate? Because, <laughs> because, 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 because they're, they're not going near. Like, I'll tell you. We I had just, a conversation. No, no, I say Tony knows this, so I'm not even going near. <laughs> but what we mean by hate, we mean every because single person so that we know that um, this comes from Mike Norton. Awesome. Because Mike Norton, yeah. Because Mike Norton, the 
pencilers he hates are the ones that are really good. He <laughs> resents like looking at their stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now, who, yeah. Who are the guys that you open a book and are just like, oh, son Fuck. of a bitch. God, that's good. <laughs> you know, there are so many good colorists working right now. I mean, we talk about Dave Stewart. And Dave Stewart, especially when he's paired with the right people. I've seen him on books where he's not with the right artist and it doesn't work. But like with Darwin... Or some of the other stuff. Any it's of just, the Mignola stuff. Phenomenal. Any of the yeah, the Mignola stuff. stuff. Any of that stuff. stuff. Doing, have you seen his Detective Comics stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's God. just gorgeous. And on that same tack, the backups in Detective Comics. You know, um, With Cully? Yeah. With, uh, with Cully Hamner and uh, and Laura Martin, who just signed yeah. exclusive with Marvel, so she's not going to do those anymore, but Dave McCaig's uh, taking those over. Oh, uh, well, hey. That's and Dave McCaig will be perfect on Cully Hamner. Yeah. Dave McCaig's doing beautiful work. And uh, we sit around. We all sit around had each other on the back on the gutter zombie message boards, which is the comic colors message, here, yeah. message board area. So um, the, 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 the whole, um, that, that's a great site and a great forum. If you ever have any yeah. questions or you're an aspiring colors, but um, our colors, is there kind of a fraternity? Do you guys all kind of get along and, much, and, yeah. and share yeah, it's, tools it's, of the trade? Yeah. You know, it's, um, I mean, I, I got to tell you comics for, a mass media for a pop culture mass media kind of thing there's a lot of really good people in comics you know oh, yeah. it's not like i we were tony and i both worked in advertising before we got into comics oh, a lot of dick and, a lot of dicks you know we'd oh, see yeah. well we'd see yeah. art directors yeah. who were you know 35 years old who were in the bars at 9 30 in the morning yeah. who looked like they were 50 and had been worn down seriously like pencil it's, it's dog eat dog um yeah. you know jimmy palmiotti a good friend of mine he does so much work in hollywood and it's just so frustrating sometimes As a matter of fact um, the book we did uh, with Garth Ennis, The Pro, it was uh, Garth Ennis, yeah. Jimmy, and Amanda and me. Uh, they're developing for a TV series. I can't say where. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's been like a year, and they're just arguing over voice talent. And, you know, you, you spend so much time with people who, you know, don't really get the properties, don't, uh, you know, you don't know if you're going to deal with them in a good way. Mm-hmm. Isn't and, that kind of what makes comics kind of fun? Is and that comics, it's, yeah. It's, a, sim- yeah. it's so simple to get simple, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not as much money in comics, but I got to tell you, you do the job, it gets out there. It's out there. Yeah. There's a much more direct line between the creator and the consumer. And for the most part, and even like editors at Marvel and DC, I've worked with a bunch of really good people. Most of the comic colors that I know are really good guys. Tony's a jerk, but. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, everybody, everybody knows that about Tony. <laughs> there's not and, a ton and, of arguing. Word of the week, I think of heinous when I think there's of There's not a ton. Of, there's not a ton of arguing about like stapling the issues yeah. and like what oh I don't think this staple is gonna you know. market well. <laughs> is, this, is this fucking nickel on my book? You know, is this and, and, nickel? It's a, and it's something that you can hold. Yeah, a, at the end of the day, you that's, can pick it up. And that's a beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm always about the book. I'm always about the the, the, the fetish of of of. of, of but, the, the right. but this is one of the discussions happening now, too, because what's going to happen if Apple brings out, say, this tablet in the next month or two that's imagine a Kindled like device is it a tablet that's made by headaches? Apple that's full color that's like 10 inches? Mm. Well, you talk about digital comics and stuff taking off, that could be a whole that could be a game changer for digital books, ebooks, comics, and things like that. Yeah, I still think it's people point, are always gonna like paper. I think at some point, if people really like something, they'll still buy, yeah. I mean, hard, sure. Because, like oh, I'm not saying it'll be the only thing, but you look at like Europe and Japan. I mean, mobile phone comics are huge. Yeah, it's a huge, it's their a huge thing. Their phones are way better too. And yeah. I know that Marvel and <laughs> DC are. and all these publishers now are working towards. You know, you can do a comic that'll work digitally and can be reprinted. Like the Neil Adams uh, has been working on the uh, the web comic stuff, the motion comic stuff for X Men, and that's going to be released as a DVD. And they're, you know, they're thinking about all this stuff way ahead of time. So, is X Men stuff with Roy Thomas? Uh, no, no, he's oh. uh, Continuity Studios. Is actually, they're doing the animation for a bunch of new X Men stuff that uh, is based I just, on. I, nah, I just want hit the the stuff with him, Roy Thomas. <laughs> no, no, this stuff this stuff is really. I mean, he's really taking it in a whole new direction. I think they showed some of it at San Diego, actually. But um, 
Uh, it's I, I haven't been impressed by the motion comics so far. The Watchmen one was very good. Neil's doing Neil's doing a bunch of new. They're using yeah. a whole bunch of new technology where they're actually image mapping the artist's style onto 3D models and everything as they're doing motion capture and everything on it. And it's uh, right. hmm. from what I've heard, it's just phenomenal. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I didn't like the Watchmen one that much. I I did. I kind of just felt like I should just read it. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm not a huge fan of the multimedia motion comics and everything yeah. so far, so I'm really anxious because I was talking to, to Neil about what they were doing on it, and uh, they're taking a whole different tact than what's been shown so far. So, yeah. Hmm. I, yeah. I because yeah, because all the ones I've seen so far, I've just been like, oh, well, I mean, I'll just read, read it. it. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's not quite book. a book and it's not quite a cartoon. It's, it's a novelty. It's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's a novelty. Yeah. It's a novelty. It is. This portion of Around Comics is brought to you by Netflix. Right now, you can start a free two-week trial by going to www.netflix.com forward slash Around Comics. At Netflix, you'll find over 100,000 titles to choose from, including classics and new releases, as well as TV series. Plans start from as low as $4.99 per month, and you can keep each movie as long as you want with no late fees ever. Netflix has free shipping both ways, and you can expect your next selection to be delivered in about one business day. Now watch some movies and TV series over the internet for no extra charge. I use this service with my Xbox 360 and personal laptop and love it. So head over to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics and get started with your free trial today. Now, uh, how did you guys meet? I'm pointing at, at Tony and Tony and Paul. How did Tony and I meet? In a dark alley one day. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was looking for some rough trade and <laughs> what? And this is and I had a scuffed up trade paperback and um, we met uh, 1986, 1986. 84. Uh, fall, 84. Of fall, everything of, fall of 84. Yeah, 84. We were doing wow. storyboards. We worked yeah. at a, st- a company doing storyboards for TV commercials uh, downtown Chicago. Yeah. And uh, uh, storyboards for TV commercials. Also animatics. Going back to the whole animated comic thing. I mean, what we were doing then is is very much akin to what you see like uh, on, on, on the Hellboy DVD where there's the animated comic. Um Except we were all doing it by hand and cutting out little eyeballs to move and so, things like that. Yeah. Now it's all done digitally. Yeah, but. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's where, where where we met. And there were also other artists in the studio. And this is like the first time I had, I had ever been thrown in to a group of artists. I, I, I had always pretty much been on my own before, mm-hmm. just completely out of the art world. But this is the first time where I was around, you know, guys who were, were professionals. And they all were reading comics at the time. I hadn't read picked up a comic book since probably 79 <clears throat> and paul uh i remember brought by a stack uh that included um um hernandez Archie? brothers oh. no it was it was the hernandez <laughs> brothers it was love and rockets yeah. oh wow and and uh well so, you think about 84 85 that's when love and rockets oh, came yeah. out you know you had cerebus really hitting its stride you yeah. had watchman you had dark knight i mean that was that yeah. was the year for comics yeah uh also there was some dark horse stuff in there yeah. and dark horse is just doing black and white at that time they hadn't horse the bear yeah so you <laughs> know. T- tmnt was yeah. probably just just starting getting yeah. ready to start exactly yeah, and, and that's paul is actually the person who got me into comics because wow yeah it's so serious. he's the one that you blame actually yeah this is the guy <laughs> this is the guy right here it's his fault it's 
totally his fault that I'm, I'm working in this industry because I had quit the, the, the studio and moved to Washington, D.C. Paul had, I don't know if you had, you had quit the studio, but you were also working at, at Now Now and First. Yeah, yeah I left now the studio first. by that point. Yeah. And you called me from from Chicago, and I'm I'm in Washington, D.C. doing, doing advertising, um, doing storyboards. And Paul asked if I wanted to uh, uh, draw a book. Actually, you made me draw my first page of continuity. Was that Rust? No, it was like it was like some superhero guy in an alley. On a, it was, I, I found it, but he, Paul actually forced me to do my first page of continuity. So, continuity, but, Neil's studio? No, no, like, no, no. Like no, instead of just like, pin up some covers and yeah, stuff, because exactly. even just doing storyboards. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. It was a first page of comics. Panel, oh, my oh, panel okay. continuity, okay. and so based based on that, sequential. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Based on that abortion, because uh, <laughs> I was working at Now Comics, I was like the art director. Technically, yeah. I was Signet Ash, the art director at That's Now right. Comics. That's right. Your- <laughs> <laughs> and so I get a call, and he says, "You know, what are you doing? You want to, you know, uh, tr- do a book?" And I think it was Ebon. Uh, I yeah. think it was Evan, yeah. which was like this. I still don't know what the hell that was. It was like a Vietnam. <laughs> it was a we- it was a Raven, and who was a Western? It was yeah, a Western starring a Raven as a cowboy. And then, wow. we, and then we and then we tried six to, foot raven. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was weird. And this we tried, was at this was at first. No, this was uh, now, now comics. Yeah. Now, okay. yeah. yeah. And then we tried. Did we try to get on the the whole Ginsu Groundhog? You know, oh, yeah, we did one of those teenage, <laughs> teenage nin- Ginsu Groundhog, something uh, like that. Yeah, because yeah. oh, there was a million parodies like there that. Were a million oh, sure. parodies. Yeah. So, but the the thir- first thing that really clicked was 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 uh, you, myself, Fred Schiller on, on Rust at. At, at now, now comics which you know was again one of those books that was way ahead of its time well, and yeah. failed miserably <laughs> that, that whole time that whole time chicago um and madison to mm-hmm. a certain extent but the midwest i mean it, comics had been dominated by by new york mm-hmm. and there was like this sudden you know upcrop of of comic book companies in right. in the midwest and right. in really chicago you had, right. you had first and now yeah, first and, now um Kamiko was Kamiko. Kamiko. yeah what yeah. what was you know i i read those comics I, I grew up in southern illinois i had no idea they were from chicago or the or the you know the, the upper midwest whatever um what was that like with the whole comic book community popping up here in chicago and and kind of you know what was yeah what was going on it it seemed really natural and it was you know certainly it was new to me because i was new to it but uh i'm still surprised by just the number of creators that, that are still here in the city and yeah it, when you think of it we had hillary barda and, and oh, jill thompson of course and yeah. alex wald was the art director at first and yeah. uh yeah oh god yeah it, when wald was directing at first i remember walking in uh to the office uh, on LaSalle street for the first time and He's pulling something out of a, uh, it's a painting, and he's leaning it up against the wall, and everyone in the office is coming out to look at this painting because it's a cover painting, an actual oil painting for full, full size, like full actual s- painting for yeah, a- yeah for for a cover of Nexus that Steve Rude just uh, made yeah. down. Oh, I mean, you could smell you know the linseed oil coming yeah. off of this. I mean, it, it, you know, it was. It was it was a different thing. It was a different. And time. of course, now comics gave Alex Ross's. He was the Terminator yeah. book. Yeah. That was Alex Ross's first oh, work wow. in comics. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Alex Wald actually is um, kind of responsible for us uh, getting Jeff Darrow at the uh, Wendy's. Crazy. City because Alex introduced uh, you know kind of walked me over to to Jeff's table this a uh, couple weekends ago, and uh, and said, "Hey, um, Jeff, you should do their show in San so, Diego." No, 
Chicago. Oh, the Windy City Chicago. Comic Con. Okay. Yeah, at, uh, at uh, Sh- uh, Chicago Comic Con. Okay. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Alex has been a, a guest at the show last year, but, mm-hmm. yeah, you forget he was the, the art director yeah. you know, for, for oh, first, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, just huge influence on, on, on me because I was, you know, you certainly didn't give me any sort of, just, <laughs> you were you no influence I, you to me, just got, You just pushed him into it. I hired him and walked away. <laughs> yeah, pushed me in front of the bus. Uh-huh. Uh, but but uh, Alex is, you know, a real guru for me at, at first because, yeah, he said, you know, this is, you know, you there's this no set number of lines that it takes to make an eye. An eye is, is you know, it's it's not. I just I, I just pulled out some. Um, some Badger issues, some oh, Capital City ones, yeah, and then some right. first ones. Yeah. And I, I just bought the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collected edition. Isn't that, that awesome? Yeah. <sighs> they just reprinted, like, the first um, 11 issues, plus, like, which have been impossible to find. The Fugitoid miniseries, or the one-shot. The one-shot. Well. Which is really funny when you think of stuff like that. Like uh, I still have that Fugitoid <laughs> issue at home. <laughs> They're reprinting a lot of this stuff, though. The Mike Rell symbol yeah. stuff. They're reprinting that. Not to get back to that. And yeah. that's, that's what it was about us. You know the, about the Midwest. Well, I mean, who, the, who was who was in that that crew? I mean, you guys had a had a had a real group. That I mean, you guys. Well, at now it was certainly Paul and I and Fred Schiller. Uh, we were, you know, I mean, we I, we were. Rob Davis was drawing yeah, uh, Dai Kamikaze. Yeah. But we, he's from Kansas City. He wasn't really a Chicago guy, but he was working for now. But what it was it was like New York. Become ossified. It, it, basically, you know, this is 1986, and all the new stuff. You know, I, I thought that was new and, and unconventional. Uh, were you know, obviously stuff coming from from uh, wherever Dark Horse was at the time, Milwaukee, Oregon, and then what? Then you had West Coast stuff like the Hernandez brothers and Peter Baggy. They yep. were starting out in the West Coast. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think that we ran because a I didn't know what the hell I I was doing, and you, you just prodded me on. I mean, we did a cover. <laughs> There's there's a cover that because I was so late on it, the the cover for the issue is basically Paul's explanation of why <laughs> <laughs> why there's no cover. This is a typewritten it was just page. typewritten page that he says the cover. Yeah, it was like the nice. description. It was actually it was Fred's it was Fred's description of the cover. I think it was the, it was the description of the cover that he sent to you. You know, and and we love Tony. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it, 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 but you know, we did some made some really organic choices that just kind of helped set the book apart from, from from the pack, which I think was what was important at the time because um, the pack that existed, you know. And a lot of the people who were involved in now especially, they're not working in comics anymore. So, it's no. almost, you know, the, the crew has been very fluid over the years. I mean, yeah. Tony has been instrumental in well, putting together these comic luncheons that a lot of the creators that are here in Chicago now go to. Like, mm. Used to be once a month. It's been yeah. slacking lately. One yeah, of, well, one of the things that season. one of the things that always really impressed me, like in rereading the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff, and reading like old Badger issues and stuff like that, is um, they don't like if you pick up like a Marvel or a DC comic, there's a tone to it that you kind of know mm-hmm. going into it, yeah. which isn't bad or good. I mean, that's just how it works. But right. you kind of pick up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Badger, and it's kind of parody but serious but also sort of um it's like a weird mix it, it where you was, don't quite know what it was, it's it was, supposed to it be. It was cable TV to network. It really right. was. And there was I mean one of the things I loved about Rust, I think Rust is something that will never you know never be reprinted. Nobody ever really saw it. But you know, we could do anything we wanted with it and it had this great energy to it. 
because of that, and this experimentation that you could never get away with at a lot of there's places sort of today, like, and, and first and now really foster led. There's Red like Star a, and, a, mm-hmm. a weird effective clumsiness to it, like, <laughs> but not like in a bad way, but sort of like again the, the left-handed way. compliment show. <laughs> <laughs> so all that stuff, there, but not in a bad way, like in the same way that if someone really knows how to do something, sometimes they get really rigid into doing it a certain way, yeah. and when someone's God, trying yeah. to learn yeah. how yeah. to do something, yeah. they kind of. It's like when you you read some of that stuff, it's it's really good, but it's sort of like a weird backing into something good and figuring out that it's good and right. not quite knowing right. yeah. the you know like yeah. what's the quote unquote right way. Yeah, and some to of those like books were definitely rough. They were absolutely rough, but you know when they worked, they mm-hmm. really worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, know? like so. uh, Lock and Key, uh, yeah. I'm really enjoying. And we were talking about uh, who's it, Juan Hill. No. Oh, it's uh, 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 Joe, Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's real life son. Okay. And um, and then uh, Rodriguez, Gabriel. Gabriel Rodriguez, Rodriguez on art and Jade Photos on colors. Yeah. yeah. Now that's uh, the Rodriguez is um, new to comics. I, I would assume I've never seen his work before. Yeah. It, but it's 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 it's. Fresh and, and sort of that backing into it that yeah. just it, it's it's solid work. It's Love solid it. work. Uh, very illustrative, more so than comic. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's terrific. Yeah. It, so. It's it's different than yeah. than other stuff. Yeah. It, you look at it, and it's like wow. Yeah, it's it, there's a crisp a crisp a crisp yeah. to it. So well, it's know, always funny. It's always good when you read the first issue of something, like, and you're like, what the. Like I don't get what this is supposed to, right. you know. Like yeah. I don't understand what this is. Quite, it's entertaining, but I don't know what this is supposed to be. Like, was it supposed to be a parody? Was it supposed? Yeah, is it supposed to be? You know, was it supposed to be serious? And then as you see, it goes it goes along. You know, um, one of my favorite Badger issues. I didn't get into the Badger until I was a little bit older, but um, there's uh, a line that you shouldn't speak in public too much. I didn't get into the Badger till I was a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, until I was a little bit older. Don't, don't say that on the bus or anything. People no, just stay people won't get away it from you. you. What are you into? <laughs> There's an issue that takes. Well, it was in Madison. And I went to college in Madison. Right. So yeah, you yeah, know, was, what kind like, of beer did uh, Badger point. drink? Point. Point's good <laughs> beer, man. Yeah, Point's full, good beer. Full, it's it's fully croisoned. Fully croisoned. You could get it at Vos Formos near my house. But there's the Phantom of Bascom Hill, which is like. I was like, oh, yeah, there is like tunnels underneath Bascom Hill, and uh, but it was it was always stuff like that, and it, you can never quite pin down what any of those books were really supposed to be, right. which I appreciate now when you know I was older. But I assume at the time people were like, what you know, like what is I don't understand what this is. What's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles supposed is like? Is this supposed to be funny? Because it's not. Really funny, yeah. you know. Like, you know, like. Well, it, it, what's great about that book is that it was like an almost immediate homage to what Frank Miller was doing, Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah. it's Daredevil yeah, right. and right. Ronan. Right. Yeah, it's Ronan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like mixed together, and it's a parody, but not really funny and entertaining entirely on its own. So it's. But it worked for them. Yeah, it worked incredibly. You read yeah, the first those one. Those guys did okay. Yeah. No, I mean it, it. It it worked really well because you read the first one, and you're like, oh, I kind of. Because that first issue is a story in and of itself that needs no continuation, but mm-hmm. you get to the end, you're like, I kind of want to see what else happens yeah. with it, you know. So, you know, and t- you, t- t- then you see them yeah. sort of work their way along as you read that collection, you're like, and they kind of figure, you know, build this world. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, it's awesome. Well, it's you incredible. know, t- Tom and I were, you know, 
comic fans, you know, young comic fans. You guys were were kind of coming up into the industry. Yeah. What? How did you think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when it came out? Oh, and then it exploded. I, you know, at the time, I thought these things happened. This is, you know, I'm trying, you know, Paul was in comics. He followed comics. I left comics. And and, and so all of this for me then was just like, okay, this is, you know, this is the, the trend. I always look at, at trends. Mm-hmm, and uh, sure. it's, it's so... Um, Trends come, trends go. Uh, I, you know, I was never again uh, big into the whole the whole superhero thing. Uh, but what I I was most impressed with was stuff that was coming out of first first publishing, not so mm-hmm. much you know uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But you know that that horse had, had left the barn. And, <laughs> yeah, and you know I'm like, oh, you know I'm not going to be interested in reading it. But what's what's you know what am I going to look at that is, you know, something that is going to, you know, reach me, make me, convince me to, to continue working in, in comics. And, and the first thing that that's hit me in the face was the Watchmen, you know? Um, so things like the Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, uh, God, what else? Oh, uh, of course, Nexus were yeah. the th- things that just kind of like, I'm really glad they started putting out those tiny, the, <laughs> Digest size uh-huh. Nexus reprints. Uh-huh. Yeah. I hope they keep coming out with them. Yeah. I hope so. so. We'll see. Steve is <coughs> Steve. Steve Root is pretty much retired from comics now. I don't know if you ever gotten his newsletters recently, but yeah, uh, yeah he's kind of he's, he's he's got he got the last couple issues of Nexus out, and financially, he's just not palatable for him. Mm. And you know, he's not the kind of guy who's going to work for mainstream publishers right now. No, so no, no. I've worked with him on a few projects. I worked with him on uh, what was that X Men book he did the. Uh, it was kind of like it was kind of like the origin of the X Men. It was like you know it took place in the sixties. Yeah, it was a very drawn classic. I, I just broke out now, a Miracle Man one shot that he drew. Oh, that was beautiful, wasn't wow. it? Yeah, that was one Mark Evans. What? Wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark Evans. Yeah, wrote it and uh, crazy. I didn't even know that. See, see, I, there there were things I don't I didn't even know exist. I had no idea. Those Nexus, I can't believe that Tony. But those <laughs> there's things you don't those know really exist. Nexus issues are so good yeah. and but, so far ahead. Oh God, you see Nexus sixty eight sixty nine. Phenomenal, phenomenal! Oh, I drew that. Yeah, I was going to say Tony drew Nexus for a while, so. Yeah, but you, uh, I still can't you, believe you don't need to get that far. Into it. <laughs> no, what's you it, really it, don't. You really don't. Well, what, what's it like um, following up on a series where a guy like Steve Rude, <laughs> man, I he's shaking his head. You cried when you saw him. <laughs> you, you can't imagine. I, I, I don't know how I did that. I, I do, first off, what were the circumstances where I, I was asked to replace Steve Rude on this book? You know, for two issues. You know, yeah. and and. I did it and I forgot about it. I and that's the only way I, I know I can. That's the only way I deal with it now is the fact that uh, I, I just I don't think about it. I don't think of having to, to follow that man in any way whatsoever. Uh, in at the time, you know, I just I, I sweated it out because there's a I few mean, days where you, you're good. I mean, you're very good, Tony. Thank it's, you. I mean, you're a very good artist. Following Steve Rude, I mean, that's that that that's that's. that's Kind of crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, because he's got yeah. such like a loose style oh, that yeah. like yeah. leaves a lot of room for you to really come in and <laughs> you know get something done. Oh. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was cool. I, I I was happy to do it, and uh, you know, obviously, it was great getting paid. To, it's always great getting paid to draw comics. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, oh, sure, it, it is. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
shiny moment. both have have worked with people that you absolutely idolize in the industry do you do you kind of go that's oh shit i just got an email from brian boland or you know it's is it weird this week as a matter of fact i was working on um a book for marvel that tom palmer was inking now tom palmer this guy you know he had been in comics 15 years 20 years when i I was a kid i pulled out a old issue of uh phantom stranger that tom palmer inked and i was like Oh shit! This book's from like 1970. <laughs> well, he was yeah, he was, yeah. He's thinking you know the the, the Neil Adams stuff. Yeah, the, the, the Gene uh, Colan time with Tomb of Dracula in the 60s and 70s and all that stuff. And I forgot um, how long he'd been around. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. he's been in yeah. since the 60s. And it, yeah. so he calls me on the phone. And suddenly it's like I see on the call already. Tom Palmer's oh. calling me because he's got to get this page to me. We're rushing a deadline. He has to like scan mm-hmm. it and gives me needs my email. He wants to talk to me about formatting and everything. We end up being on the phone for like two hours, and he's telling me these incredible stories about like he used to work with the model who uh posed for doc savage for james obama doing all those paperback covers and these just amazing stories about the photographer and the model and how they would do these covers and things like that and it's like i'm talking to tom palmer <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it's crazy you know nicest greatest guy in the world but yeah i mean every once in a while you you do do that i mean i've worked with yeah steranko and neil adams and you know brian hitch and you know just all these people that you know, you're just fans of, and then all of a sudden you're talking to them on the phone, and it's, yeah, it's very surreal. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as a contemporary. As, and then you yeah, realize so. they're all nuts, so it's okay. So. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say the complete opposite of that, of, well, complete 180 from, from that Tom Palmer experience, it's like, never get on the phone with Harlan Ellis. Right, yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, Have you you've talked to yeah, Harlan Ellis? Yeah, it was like some oh, project that he was trying to get off the ground. I think it involved Art Spiegelman somehow. I have no idea, but yeah, I was on the phone for... for it, it, I'm sure it was like maybe 40 minutes, but it felt like two hours. And it, it's, it's like in, in my conversation um, was basically this. It was like, yeah, Har- Harlan, 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 yeah, Harlan. I have yeah. to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Watch it. Well, watch it. She say you might get sued. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, come and get me. Come and get me Harlan Ellison. Um, no, but, uh, you know, true talent, but. Uh, you know, it's like that. The the where the rubber meets the road when mm-hmm. when something's getting done. You know, it's it, it's it's yeah. all of that 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 back and forth that you know drives you crazy. Sometimes. Yeah, you love the work. It's it's the getting the work done. That I mean, it's it's being in the yeah. work is. I mean, it's different than than the final product. Right, so right. Harlan El- Harlan Ellison, amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, incredibly creative yeah. guy. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, there are stories. It's maybe not the easiest person in the world to work with. So, yeah, so. Man. But you know what? That's that's what this business is like. You 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 come across individuals who who are I have a certain approach to to the world in general about uh, just you know whatever issues issues they have, and I I respect that because I certainly have issues with with how how I work and. and um, um, you know, it's just it's how it is. Yeah, I and mean, it. Oh, I was just saying the thing about Harlan Ellison too is you know he just cares so much about the work. The guy's just so sure. passionate about what he does. Uh, you know, I do a lot of work with Jimmy Palmiotti, and there are colors and artists that he works with who just don't even want to talk to him because like he'll send extensive <laughs> notes. 
and he just sweats and obsesses over every panel, but it's just because he cares so much about the work and about making it right and about making it good. And yeah, uh, see, that's 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 awesome. God, I, there are reasons why I don't even bother doing that. <laughs> oh God. no but there i mean what no i was gonna say there there are it's nice to see that passion from yeah. somebody who's been doing comics as long as you know jimmy's been doing more for somebody's writing as long as harlan has because you see a lot of people who you know they're excited when they get in they've got that verve and energy and then you know after a few years whatever they're just, just spider-man yeah it's like, oh. <laughs> what's he doing I, when's it due it's due uh, friday okay yeah um you know you swing it through the city what else does he do yeah what would you want him to do any, nah, just whatever. No, yeah. just, Same old spider just, just It's a web. It, yeah. It's a web. Yeah. No, it's not a wire. It's just, <laughs> it's just a comic book. No, it's, it's just a comic book. It's not uh, mucus. It's not mucus. Uh, stencil some uh, women from a magazine. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, I tell you, let's, uh, let's get ready to wrap this one up. Uh, before we do, um, Tony, uh, Jack Fables, still monthly, Jack still awesome. Fables, still monthly, still flipping awesome. Just wait till I funny. get back on the book. Funny, funny, funny. Uh, all those things. Uh, Russ is Russ Braun, the alternate artist, is uh, doing a bang up job on issue 39, 38 right now. Uh, I've been looking at the pencils; they're effing hilarious. And then I come back on the book with something that is just literally out of this world. I've uh, it taking, is it is lit. You yeah, tell yeah yeah, you yeah it's, it. I, it is literally out of, out of this, this world. world. Nice. Uh, basically, we, we expect no less from yeah, from Jack. Yeah, I, I was going to say Sturgis getting a big head with all this JSA work. You know what? Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> Mr. Kinda. Sturgis. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he refers to himself in the third person as yeah. Mr. Sturgis. <laughs> yeah. My first Mr. name Sturgis. is now Mr. <laughs> uh, Mr. No. Sturgis is going to make himself a sandwich now, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> best if you. You just stay on the line. I'll you be back in a few. Mr. Sturgis will be back. As long as it's not a Tony sandwich. <laughs> um, uh, the the arc that I, I'm coming in on uh, issue 41, I'm taking it a little, uh, actually quite a bit off of the reservation as far as uh, editorial mm-hmm. um, direction, Ooh. which I think the the story lends itself to because it's sort of it's it's kind of a Jack Carter Barsom story. Uh, it's it's more sci-fi than than fantasy. And How are you going to get the chain link fence? In the sci-fi story, it's a space fence. It's a space fence. Yes, it's got gravity belts. And- we 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 <laughs> discovered we, we, weird fence yeah. fetish. Yeah, we we discovered last time whenever Tony was here and we were talking to Matt that that he has this weird fetish with chain link fence yes. yeah. that uh, crops that he has a, a chain link fence that ends up in just about every script that he does. So. Yeah, he does. He does. You know, and I'm cool with it now because I I, I told you I was. Uh, Rifling through Watchmen, and uh, you saw how Gibbons. I saw I saw how Gibbons solved that problem, and I, now I'm like I'm doodling Gibbons chain link fences in in, in the borders. Just nice. so like man, remember. Watchmen's got to have a ton of fucking chain link yeah. fences. Yeah, they, like, do. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> yeah, they do. There's that first scene where where Rorschach is uh, visiting Doctor Manhattan, and Manhattan tra- teleports mm-hmm. him outside the the perimeter. It's it's that scene in the book. I'm like, that's that's awesome. That's gonna go back and look at that. That's, that's beautiful. Uh, that's over there. I'll, I'll, I'll go grab it. The, the great chain link fence problem yeah. that all artists face. Yeah, it's 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 a real biatch. But yeah, Jack Jack of Fables still still rocking, still awesome. rocking. Awesome. You you made it through the Great Fables crossover. Yeah. Everybody intact. Yeah, yeah. Matt didn't eat the bug. No, no. Matt didn't have to eat the bug. But I'm eating the bug now because this is a, the, the Jack in issue 41 is riding a large millipede. That's his steed. And, oh, uh, that sounds fun to draw. Yeah. Well, you know what is kind of cool. Great drawing. Oh, he showed me the pencils. Yeah. Yeah. It's very phallic, though. It's it's mm-hmm. the, so I'm 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 
Yeah, it's very Spe- Speaking of pages. It fits Jack. If it's very phallic. It's... <laughs> oh, yeah, then it fits. Um, speaking of original art, are you going to have any to sell at, a, at Windy City? Uh, yeah, actually, Paul and I were talking about doing, doing uh, special prints for, for Windy City. Yes. yes. <laughs> Why, yes. You asshole. You just... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm ready to do it. Have you seen my schedule? Um, you guys, yeah. guys want to sit together? Are sure. you free? Yeah. 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 I'm you okay. know, well, okay, what's what's my status there? You're good. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. You gotta share your seat. I wanted to come, but I went on the website and it says guest space is all full. If you want to be a guest, screw you. You don't want to hit, we, well, no, no had, more guest had, space. We don't want you go away. I so. had al- I had already talked with you <laughs> back several months ago. So Oh yeah, yeah. we'll we'll yeah. totally share a table. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. Right. Yeah, well yeah. what we've what we've discovered about Tony is that when he goes to a convention, he does not stay at his table. Yeah, no, I so <laughs> Yeah. He wanders. I like to wander. Yeah, yeah. I got the boring sitting nuts. at the table too. It'll, it'll be like uh, Paul. Um, I have to go to the bathroom. Can you watch the table for a minute? Three hours later, yeah. he'll come back. And <laughs> so that'll be that'll be. I it. found this at White Elephant across the street. It's yeah. a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So so yes, you will have some original art there. Original art plus we are doing a print. We talked about sure. this the other night. We're doing so, yeah. we're doing something because you know it's, uh, we better get on it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like. It's like 40 days or 38 days, something like that. I saw the something. countdown. There's a countdown clock yeah. on the site. Yeah. As we record this, it's probably closer to like 20 days as, as this episode comes out. All so, right. Well, it, it, Tony's easy because he works on like one book a month. Colors, multiple books. What are you yeah. working on? Uh, Fantastic Four. The mm-hmm. uh, the Daily Eagles from the Jonathan Hickman run comes out uh, nice. very soon. The first issue comes out, I think, in a couple of weeks. So, uh, there's been some of the preview art online, and people have been raving about it. He's uh, good. Just phenomenal. And uh, Power Girl. Um, everyone's with Jimmy and Amanda. Fun series. And Justin, Justin Gray. And um, let's see what else. I just started on Moon Knight, actually. Some really cool stuff on Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple more issues of Captain America Reborn. So. So uh, on on the Fantastic Four thing, uh, are you kind of like you know part of the package deal? It's you know when 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 Dale and uh, and uh, and Jonathan came on, it's like okay, you know, welcome to Fantastic Four. Paul will be your colorist. You know, yeah. it would really be nice to think that's the case. Yeah. I think you know I, I worked with Mike Waringo on it for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and then Mike McCone came on, and he you're said, "Oh, the, yeah. you're like on the email template." And he kind of yeah, well, right. And he kind of said, "Oh, I like Paul's stuff. Okay, that'll be good." <laughs> And then uh, when Hitch came on, you know, I had been working with Hitch, so, so that, was that was just yeah. natural. Yeah. And then um, when uh, when Dale Eaglesham came on, I think mm-hmm. Tom Brevoor just said, you know, do you want Paul to stay? I don't think it's like, you know, Paul's part of the deal. <laughs> it's like, it's a little secret in the end. This is Paul's book. Right, yeah. So, so you know. Not um, many people just, know this, but this know. is Paul's book. <laughs> He's well, going. He's going. He's going. Nice. He's going for a record. <laughs> Mr. Mounts chose you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, luckily Dale like you know nah, like cool. my stuff. Cool. It seems that's he awesome. likes my stuff anyway. So it's been going pretty well so far. I think the first issue looks really nice. Yeah. So awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, I'm looking forward to the Hickman. Fa- I like the Fantastic Four, but I've had a hard time finding a Fantastic Hick- Four story. Hick- to- Hickman's so, script is incredible. Somebody needs to blow that shit up and just get crazy with it. It's, and I think Jonathan has that kind of mindset. Yeah, I tell you, I only read the first two, but uh, mm-hmm. it's um, it's definitely Fantastic Four. It's not like he's just you know throwing yeah. this template out, but he's definitely brought it into you know the two thousands, the twenty first century, and uh, in a way where uh, it's it's new and different. You know, you're not like you know, you know the characters, but you're not bored by what you're seeing because you've seen yeah. it a million times before. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking it's, forward it's, to it because yeah. I like the Fantastic Four. So it's yeah. gonna, it's a hard book to write. 
It is. It's a, you know that's that's the problem. It's a really hard book to write. Yeah. And even when Mark Miller and Brian Hitch were doing it, you know, they had these amazing ideas, and it never quite came across. I think the way they wanted it to. Although well, when you, I think when it's collected, it's going to read great. Yeah, I think, I think though, and we've talked about that with that book is that if they, I think it got off to a little bit of a slow start, and then they kind of found their feet with it. Right. And and I think that you're right. As it's collected, I think people yeah. will collect it. I, I think, think that run's going to run. Really I always great. think with me with the Fantastic Four. The key to it isn't that it's just a family arguing. It's like a family arguing in the negative zone. So, like, (laughs) you have to, like, yeah, that's always the stuff that... uh, Well, yeah, and the thing is, when Jack Kirby was doing that book, the whole thing was it was a book of ideas. It was new ideas. I mean, look at those first 50 issues. How many concepts were were created in those first 50 issues of Fantastic Four? Scrolls and humans. Right. The whole Galactus and Silver And so many people have done it since then have just followed that same stuff because they want to be reverent to Stan and Jack and everything. And you really got to... Well, it's like the boilerplate was made in the first 50 issues. Well, or I the think first the, hundred issues I think and just redo there, it. It got lost for a while, and then Byrne went back to that, and then after that, no one was quite. I mean, there's been good stuff. Like I really liked the um, Dwayne McDuffie stuff. Actually, I thought mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. was very actually good. very well written and really interesting to read. But then I don't think anyone's ever gotten like a hold of it and. Re- done like a good like three four years where right. it's been like and, and mark and brian came close they yeah. I mean, they had a lot of great ideas but like you say it'll be better collected than as a monthly i yeah. think the hickman stuff is going to work as a monthly from what i've seen of it so far yeah it's, uh, it's gonna be cool yeah. awesome we'll do it all awesome. right well, great all right well thanks guys um we already talked about windy city comic-con uh, last week we announced uh jeff darrow and uh more uh, attack uh, uh it's it's a huge list it's it's 80 it's 80, 80 plus creators get there early get there early there's yes. just like 500 creators there's gonna be room for 12 people yeah it's gonna be <laughs> the most it's gonna be the most exclusive show yeah. you've ever gone to it's gonna be an amazing time uh the event uh the full event schedule is up we've got uh uh, an inkers panel. It's called the Inkwell of Knowledge. Uh, we, we've got uh, a writers panel with uh, B. Clay Moore and uh, Will Pfeiffer, and oh gosh, I'm gonna forget the other writer on that panel. Um, but uh, a great writers panel. Oh, uh, Alan Moore. Yes, Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah. And Harlan Ellison. Yeah. Uh, uh, Scotty Young is going to do a, a, a panel on uh, his whole process with the wonderful Wizard of Oz. God, that's a great book. We've that got, is such a great oh, book. Scotty's done an amazing job with that. And uh, uh, kicking off the day's events is uh, a, a Hero Initiative Sketch Jam, five-minute sketches by uh, eight of our, uh, eight of our uh, creators are going to be up there. It's going to be a great time. Tom, you're doing that one, by the way. You're modding that panel. Nice. I was so. going to ask you if you need me to, to moderate any of the other ones. Um, I think you're good. Right, I, good. I, I think it's the sketch jam. Such a go along kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. The, ske- <laughs> the sketch jam is going to be a high energy. I think I'm actually going to do the Richard Starkings panel. So, right. uh, which will basically me moderating the Richard Starkings panel will be. You ask Richard Welcome, Starkings. Richard, how one, are you doing? You will ask Richard Starkings one question, <laughs> yeah. and then he will talk. Well, for Chris, one let hour. me tell you. Back in 1972, yeah, this is what happened. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So anyway, WindyCityComicCon.com. It is getting close, and we are getting excited about it. All right, um, I'm just going to jump to the end here. Uh, We have emails and voicemails, but uh, uh, we'll bump them to next week like we usually do. Leave an (laughs) iTunes music review. uh, Have fun. Enjoy comics. I want to thank everyone. Paul Mounts, 
Tony Aikens, Tom, Mark Beatty for uh, hosting us as always here at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. Everyone, have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. We will be back again next Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in yeah. and around, and around. Yeah. It's not scripted. Every week. Four <laughs> years. Four when years. I look upon my work, I cry. <laughs> 247 <laughs> episodes in a row. 248 episodes. What are you doing for the big Expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2009. Yeah.